0: Hey guys, Adam from Splendid Sports, back again for another 3 and 3 This is episode number 22, and I'm joined by Joe of, i got to say, one of my favorite channel names in all <laughs> of YouTube, Four Soft Corners. How you doing, Joe? Good. How are you, Adam? Great. Thank you for coming on here with me. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. If if this is someone's first three and 3 they're catching, pretty simple. Uh, we're going to do some hobby talk, but Joe is going to show three of his favorite cards in his collection and tell us why. And then we're going to look at three cards on his want list, and we'll discuss those, look at some pictures. Uh, Yeah, and just see where it goes from there. So, um, Joe, I know you're, you know, in this grand scheme of YouTube channels, you're more of a newer channel. Um, Can you give me a little background on, you know, when you got started doing this, and your impressions so far, anything you want to really say? Um, Because I, I watch your videos, but I don't think I know the full your full like uh origin story or whatever you want to call it. So please feel free to to share that.
1: All right. Well, th- first thanks for having me Adam. And uh yeah, so really it it mostly started um so I think this is 9 months. Uh I think I I think my first video was June 6th. Um so <clears throat> Really can kind of start back. I got back into the hobby after collecting as a kid. I was off for like 15 years and I got back in 2013. And uh, really from there, I just, I didn't really have like a collection, so to speak. I just got, the way I got into it was just by opening boxes and I was more just accumulating cards than collecting anything. It wasn't even, cause I didn't sell anything to like six years later. So it wasn't even to really for the, the value of it. It was just the, the chase of it. Um, so then I was almost out of it and then got back into it when some of my friends got back in in like 2018, 2019, when it, when it really started to, um, the hobby really started to boom there. And, uh, really what drove me eventually to my channel and mainly, I mean, my channel's mostly based around vintage cards and I wasn't in vintage till about 2019. And what started it was, um, one of my neighbors uh knew i collected cards and sold some cards on ebay and stuff and told me about a collection he had from some of his stuff that, from the 50s and 60s as a kid so he let me see it and then we worked out a deal i sold some of this stuff for him but really when i first saw it i mean i was always kind of just i always kind of ignored that whole segment of vintage like it i appreciated it that like oh these are There's some great big rookie cards and stuff in there, but I never really, you know, paid attention to it or really took the time to um, research it much. So um, when I had his collection in my hands, I basically for like two months just sat and went through it card by card. Um, That's really how I started looking at conditions of cards. I, I sat down, I printed out the PSA, like one through 10 descriptions of a condition and had looked at that and, okay, this one has a wrinkle, so it can't be higher than this, and this one has that. So I basically did that card by card, and I went through, I had Beckett and, like, looked through card by card, priced everything, and it really got me into vintage and um, into ap- appreciating it more. Um, and then at the same time, is that's where I really got into watching. I had watched YouTube um, as far as, like, I used to watch group breaks and stuff like that. But up until that point, I hadn't really watched many channels. But um, in researching it, I found Mike Moynihan, a baseball collector's channel, which I think, I think a lot of us as origin stories—that's how we kind of yeah. <laughs> one of the yeah. main channels we saw first. But yeah. um, so it was really his channel that got me into appreciating vintage more, and you know, helping with all that research and everything like that. And then ultimately, it was a couple months later till I first um, started buying vintage at all. Um, but, uh, that will tie into my first card then, but then just after that to get into YouTube, uh, it still took another two years or so, but, uh, um, I really, I have a lot to lend to first, um, like I said, Mike there for me first watching videos and getting into some of the channels from the community. And then also through his channel with the sports card hall of fame, um, is the first time I heard about Eric from those back pages and I would say from Mike I got the appreciation for vintage and then from Eric I got the um that was kind of like the driving catalyst for the way I would collect where um he mainly collects graded cards and um reaps the benefits of people who don't get tens and buys up their eights and nines and stuff like that where cause ultimately he just wants to own the cards and own as many as possible where, so I took it to the same thing for me with vintage, I collect mainly low grade and it started out completely just all raw cards. And for the purpose was I just want to own the card and own as many of them as possible. So that was really what instilled in me, like the way I collected and passion for wanting to start a channel but it took almost two years and the main driving catalyst for that then was the national um so last january february i knowing it was on atlantic city and was thinking to myself man i would love to go that but just to be able to save up for it and everything like that but i talked to my wife and uh explained me and a couple of my friends wanted to go to it and uh she's like yeah that's awesome that's so i was kind of surprised she was so willing for it and i said well what's my budget for this gonna be for the buy cards and she's like you have to buy cards there too (laughs) i was like that's kind of the whole point which (laughs) um but leading up to it uh leading up to going to the national i like by this time i had watched plenty of channels but for years i kind of just wasn't really even commenting i would just watch as much as possible but i would just I know Mike calls a uh, baseball collector calls them workers and like I would just watch but I would just feel like nobody wants to hear what I have to say or care about what I have to say so that's kind of how it went for a while and then knowing I was going to the national really set forth I all right I know I, I when I go I want to meet some of these people and I can't just say I'm so-and-so I watch your videos they'll be like oh great like I wanted to actually start building those connections and commenting and stuff so i did that first and did that for a few months and then that's where i really um like i said the main main thing that motivated me to eventually starting the channel was because i wanted to go to the national i wanted to go to the meetups and meet everybody
0: and yeah this uh, this year in chicago will hopefully be my first national I, I plan on going i hope i can follow through with it and go um but honestly uh for me it's it's gonna all all be about meeting the people that I've connected with here on YouTube. Um, I don't want to say I'll probably, you know, I'll buy some cards I'm sure, but the cards that are on my list, you know, I I don't really chase like ultra rare scarce cards for the most part. Uh, the ones that are on my list are just, you know, when I can afford them basically when I have the money saved. So, um, and I don't expect to get any deals at the national. So I don't know how much buying I'll do. It's just, for me, going to be more of, um, just meeting people, hanging out and, uh, connecting with people that I've semi connected with never in person, but so this will be really cool. And uh, yeah, that's the way, that's the way I look at the national at least, but who knows, maybe when I get there, I'm sure I'll get the, I'll get the bug. I know I'll want to buy some stuff (laughs) for sure. when Once I'm in that atmosphere. So Um, yeah, but I I got more questions, but let's get into the first card. And I think um, that will kind of lead me uh, on a couple questions that I have for you in, in regards to what you collect and vintage and so forth. So yeah, whenever you're ready on number one, go for it.
1: Okay. So the first card is, um, like I said, when, after those, <clears throat> when I was doing all the research and stuff and got into and started appreciating vintage, um, it still was a little while till I bought any just because I ha- I'm lucky I have like four or so LCS is very close to me, but a lot of them don't really have vintage. Um, and we have like, well, at that point we have a local mall show, but it wasn't started yet. But anyway, um so i got a uh gift card for christmas that year for um my wife's family lives down some of her family lives down by philadelphia so i ended up going down there i uh, got a gift card for a uh, 100 dollar gift card for a house a hobby shop down there and um so after i developed that appreciation for appreciation for vintage my favorite player of all time is stan Musial. so That's where I really wanted to get started. I wanted to just build some of his runs. So I think I started with like the 58 tops, the 59 tops and the 61 tops. So that was my start and first buying vintage. And then after that, those were probably, I never got the cards graded, but they would probably grade anywhere from three to fives. And I mean, watching things, I thought, Oh, you want to get as high as possible. But so this is the card that really started me in my, um this is the 52 bowman hmm. so it's definitely i did um for vic uh, rick vintage oddball cards i use this as my beater card and a lot of people said it's not as beat up as i mean in person there's definitely a lot of creasing and surface wear on the front and then the back has some wear and a little bit of paper loss but for me this is what started um like i said I bought those first three mutual cards and they were in decent shape. But then they were also a little bit pricey. Um, So I ended up, I saw this, there used to be a guy on Twitter that um, had a hobby shop, I think in Minnesota, and he would just post pictures of his cases and say, if you want to make a deal on any of these. So I offered him, I think like 50 bucks for this card, just really seeing it like in the corner of the screen. Um, And when I first got it in, I thought, oh, that's a little bit worse condition than I thought it was going to be but I really just, the more and more I looked at it and thought about it, I'm like, this card's almost 70 years old. To me, it's like an antique. (laughs) Like, it just, and just every little crease you see across it, that's where I really started the pre, I mean, it's all about the story for me. And, like, it was probably on uh, the top of a stack of cards or had a rubber band around it. And to me, that's where I really This card is one of my favorite cards and is important to me because it really started me down that path of realizing that if I want to own more of the cards, I have to accept things like this and just. Gaining that appreciation for the story behind the cards, more so than anything being in perfect condition.
0: Yeah, I mean. Stan Musial gets a lot of airtime on these three and threes, man. From the, whether it be the want list or I talk about him a lot. Uh, it's just a you know a beloved beloved legend, and it's got some great cards like that. Uh, yeah, that that is that's one of his best cards. I mean, from a like a visual perspective, and to your point, I've said this before too. Is that's what I love most about vintage cards as a category is that you know when they were distributed and opened up originally you know there was never a thought of hey these are going to be worth money someday you know or we <laughs> I got to take care of this because the better condition it's in 70 years from now it's going to be worth more or whatever you know no one ever thought that and that's the story of why they're valuable now so i just i love that um it's you know natural natural scarcity of high condition cards and um that's that's the way kids took care of the cards back then for the most part the ones that survived that are like, you know, mint condition or or whatever, you know, PSA sevens and eights and, and so forth. That's like that's just like a miracle. You know, the, the most of them are just that's how they were taken care of. And that tells the story. So I love that. I love that card. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for number two whenever you're ready.
1: I just want to say, too, it's crazy to me because I, I definitely know between the cards people show off and the cards they say they want. Stan Musial does get a ton of airtime here but it just seems as the hobby as a whole, it's still for how much you see it on here. And I feel like we're a pretty good cross section of, you know, the hobby as a whole, it still seems like he's just really undervalued and still underappreciated. Like not even just in the hobby, but just as a player, it's just, it's crazy to me.
0: (laughs) If he was a Yankee, it would be a different story. Right. But he played for the Cardinals at the time, you know, the uh, New York was the center of the baseball universe. So, it's just, I think, a matter of um, you know, just situation. And when he, you know, he if he came in in fifty one like Mantle did, or something, you know, it's just just timing. That's all. But yeah, from a career, and you know, he was just a great guy. All all uh, stories I've ever heard about him, or that he was just a great, great guy. And obviously, you look at his numbers, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I
1: think he was over, from when he came in. I mean, I think he was overshadowed by you know DiMaggio and. Williams just by being and not that Williams was you know appreciate or he was not a media darling by any means but still just I mean I think just he came in right after them and I think he was just overshadowed by
0: them yep absolutely all right let's go number two
1: okay so if anybody watches my channels or watches my videos they know I talk about the 1953 top set a lot so once I developed that appreciation for vintage and got into vintage and um, kept picking up more cards, I hadn't picked any cards up from the 53 top set yet, but this was right around. It was right after like the tops living set where they used that um, design from the 53 tops. And it really, anytime I saw it, I would always say that's my favorite design, but I hadn't had any cards from it yet. So I started out with, Again, I think there was a sale on Twitter, like a stack sale. I bought a random the Dizzy Trout card from the set was my first card. Um, it was like three or four bucks in a stack sale. I said, "Yeah, I'll take that along with some other stuff." And then um, when I paid, I said, "Hey, do you have any other cards?" And he said, oh, "I'll give you these four or five Phillies cards because that's my favorite team." I think I ended up paying twenty bucks for all of them. But anyway, so that's what started. Just I wanted a representation because that's kind of. Once I started collecting vintage, um, I just kind of wanted representation from some of the different sets. Um, It was my favorite set, the way it looked and everything like that, but I just thought it was never going to go any farther than that just because all the big cards in it. But shortly after that, um, I found there was a site that did um, vintage set breaks like as group breaks where you could just buy spots and you get so many spots. And um, so it was a low grade 53 set break and um, It was $15 a spot So I took three spots and then as like he did the video of the the break after he randomized everything and set it up as like a spreadsheet as you're going down I I got I don't even remember the two other cards The first one was just a common the second was a common in the high number series And then as it was going on I'm trying to think I'm like well, I know they're all high numbers here But I don't remember what cards are left for sure, but then I ended up winning this Whoa. <laughs> that baby, so, Willie Mays.
0: When I won it, try and get the glare off of here. So 53 Willie Mays SGC One looks great.
1: So when I got it, it was a raw card. I sorry, the glare. Um, I ended up grading it later, which will be part of the story for my third one. But um, so this is one of my favorite cards. One just because of the card, it's a short print. 53 it's a third year woolly maze i definitely didn't think i'd ever be able to own this card um and it really was a driving force in me thinking well i'm just gonna keep picking up 53 tops cards because i mean i still need some big ones which we'll get to later but um after i got this i just ended up picking up more cards from the set and i've been working on that for well over a year and um so i'm down to 25 cards i need to complete the set um i need the warren spawn which is a hall of famer yet and then two big boys and then it's all high numbers after that but uh,
0: why is uh i i should know this but why is that why is the willie maze a short print is there like a story behind it or i think it had to do with
1: um so
0: 244.
1: Yeah, I think it had to do with um, one between just the contract disputes. I didn't know if they knew for sure which players would be in what. And then also, um, so he was in the military. So I don't know if they knew he was going to be back or not. So I think that was the main thing, being that he was serving in the military at the time. I, I don't know if they knew he'd be back for the 53 season or not. Okay. So I think that's the main reason that he ends up as a high number.
0: Yeah. In the, in the comments, guys, if you got any more info on that, because I've heard that recently. Yeah. 53 tops, Willie Mays short print, but yeah, would love to know if, if there's anyone knows like, you know, for sure, why it, why it is short printed versus, you know, because it, it's that's his uh, third, that would be a third or second third year card, right? 51. Yeah. 50 third year, uh, yeah. third year card. So yeah, I mean, by that time, They they knew that Willie Mays was going to be something big. I would think, right? Yeah. So so yeah, that's interesting to to know exactly why that was short printed. But yeah, that's that's an awesome card, man. Wow, nice hit you had on that. (laughs) That Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So, um, yeah, like I said, definitely the the fifty three top set is that's well, like I said, we'll get more into that later. But (laughs) so um. I guess we'll move to the third card. Yeah,
0: yeah, if you're ready. Yep.
1: Well, and uh, I I gave you fair warning ahead of time. This will be the third and fourth card. Um, So I have a little bit of a story. But um, so once I decided um, I was going to the national and I had that talk with my wife, then I decided, well, I'm not going to, that was in like January or February. I thought I'm not going to really pick up any cards. And I pretty much held to that. I I think I bought up, couple small ones but i really for whatever five six months like really held off from buying anything we have a local mall show so i set up there and sold as many cards as possible we had a yard sale at our house here so i sold as much old clothes and everything as possible and just really saved up because just usually the way i the way i buy is usually on a budget um and i didn't want to go there and spend you know thousands and thousands of dollars but at the same time i wanted to go and not really be handcuffed at all as far as seeing anything and seeing like not being able to at least like look at a table and have to eliminate 99% of it because I can't even afford anything there um so that being said I wanted to work on the 53 top set a lot which um I will say uh you were saying about the national earlier I will just say that if you're any kind of set builder I wish I I took advantage of it I got a lot for the 53 top set but I wish i would have picked up more because i just don't find those at any lcs around here or i don't find those just at any my local mall show <laughs> so um anything especially like that for older sets like yeah you can buy a lot of this stuff online but to be able to hold it in person and see it and have that experience of doing that like i flipped through a binder at one table where i could pull five four or five cards out in varying conditions from the set and it was just a great way to be able to get them i wish i would have just took advantage of that a little bit more but i still did good but that was just a tip i wanted to do for anybody that's a set builder but um anyway leading up to i wanted to mainly do that but then i also thought this is my first national this is my first big show like this any kind of experience so i had in my head and i saved up so much that i thought i want to make it very memorable and at least buy one big card which i normally don't get to do so in my head i had um the stan Musial rookie possibly um from 48 bowman um from 53 tops either the jackie robinson or the um satchel page card and then a Kofax rookie so the first night uh wednesday night the sneak preview night and the first half of the next day I spent mostly picking up cards for my set and then I really focused in on trying to um, find one of those big cards and at the time I had never purchased any graded cards so I thought well I want to find one raw but um, basically the way it was was it made sense to find something graded as opposed to raw just because the prices like were anything raw in decent condition was being asked for higher than anything that was already graded. So I searched around for a while and it was actually hard to find this card. But so I ended up finding one of the cards that I wanted and this is a Kofax rookie.
0: You. Yeah, baby.
1: Nice. It's only a PSA one. There's a little bit of creasing, but I think it still presents very well. Oh yeah. And cool. uh, I had almost given up hope cause I was walking around for a while. And like I said, anything, in my price there wasn't much i saw in my price range like i'd go up to the table and ask and they'd have like eight of them but they were all starting at like psa sixes or higher oh yeah and then anything that wasn't graded like i said up until that point pretty much all the cards i would buy i would just put in a binder just because i was loosely building most of these sets and i just liked all the cards together in the binder so kind of like the way jake legends never die collects but like i said it just made i think a lot of people think i might be against grading or thought maybe at times i was against grading i'm definitely not it just usually it presents that i can buy more cards raw than graded and then like i said my ultimate goal is just to own as many of the cards as possible so um but it just made sense to buy this graded One, because it probably is a card that could be faked. And two, um, it was just cheaper. (laughs) So I had almost given up hope because right before I found, I really hadn't seen anything in that price range I was looking for. And then right before that, I found one. I think it was an SGC one, but it was almost like completely ripped in half. And they were still asking like $500. And I thought, I'm never going to find one of these. And then like 10 minutes later, I, I saw this and made an offer on it. And it was right less than what I had budgeted
0: for it. So it just came together nice. That's a perfect example of another reason I, why I love vintage so much is there's so much nuance to it, especially when you get integrated because man, the variation be, between PSA ones is so it's all over the place. And that is such a nice PSA one that it's, that's, that's a lot of the fun in it. And my opinion is hunting for cards that look better than the great. And that's for me, that's a, perfect example so that's congrats man that is that is an awesome card thank you i don't have a Kofax rookie but that that's definitely one that's on my uh long-term list for sure yeah i definitely wanted
1: to prioritize that because well i couldn't afford a maze rookie but between him and uh koufax and maze i just feel like that when one of or both of them leave us i just think that just like with aaron and Bob Gibson and all those guys the other uh, in 2020 I believe that was I, I there's gonna be a bump I'm sure and that it would possibly not be attainable for me anymore once that comes when they eventually sadly pass so so that was my 3a and I apologize because mm-hmm. I guess I'm technically going to show another card but it leads into the story of my 3b Yeah. <laughs> but cool. before I bought that that day so I have this um Again, Stan Musial being my favorite player, I was walking around and I saw in a showcase there was um, from the, I think it was 2015, the Leaf sets that they were in blaster boxes where everyone had a a sticker auto card of them in. And I think they basically had him just sign a bunch on his deathbed, deathbed. like they were really bad. Um, But I saw one of those on top and there was a card underneath it. So I asked um, to see the card underneath it and it was this card. Which, if you see the price tag on that, it was fifty five dollars, and that is from the ninety nine upper deck, uh, upper deck century epic signatures from the upper deck legends, and the gold variation. So as soon as I saw it, I thought I think that's a really good price for that, but I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it's like you know two to three times what I I figured around fifty dollars is what. The base card from the set would be but the one number to 100 i i had a good idea that it was going to be a lot more valuable than that but i wasn't sure but i wanted it anyway so i immediately bought that so then this leads into um that night was the get together um the youtube get together um and i was <clears throat> as soon as i went to that one of the first person I, first people I saw there at like the hotel bar was uh, Bill the Hall of Fame collector and I had been commenting on his videos um, and uh, I wanted to introduce myself to him and I also knew he would be the one the most knowledgeable, pe- knowledgeable people for sets like that so um, that's really where it ties into meeting these people and making those connections how it's so important because I first introduced myself to him instead of I've like he recognized my name from comment on his videos and um but then i led right into with a question i i showed him the card i had in my pocket and i i said right before um oh, almost right as the show was closing that day i was walking around and i saw one of those sitting at somebody's table with a price on it the same one numbered out of 100 for 900 dollars, and i thought that was probably a little high but at the same time i'm like oh maybe this was a really good buy so when i showed him he couldn't believe that I got it for that price for $50. And I think he thought originally I bought the $900 one, but then realized. So that's what it immediately kicked in my mind. I love this auto. I love Stan Musial, but I just wanted a base auto of them. I didn't want anything that was huge. So um, the first thing I did the next day, the next morning of the show was I thought I'm going to try and flip this card if I can. So I walked around for a little bit and probably within the, first half hour I, I found the guy that actually had one on his table for $900 and I said would you like another one of these and uh, he said "Well, what are you looking for I said I'll take $500 for it and he looked at it for a minute and um, I immediately made a 10x purchase in less than 24 hours Wow so after I had that it kind of because at that point my budget was pretty much dwindling pretty fast <laughs> but um that was the last day we were going to be there. So I thought I'll just look around for some other stuff. But once I, that kind of like reinvigorated me and I had a whole other list of options. Um, I was looking at some different things, but then ultimately I decided I should try. I came in with a list of like four cards for the big cards I wanted to get. I got the Kofax. Um, so then I ended up finding, uh, not much long after I got that money, I ended up finding this card. Um, so this is the 3B oh, nice. all because right. I went in looking for one big card and for the same price, basically, because of finding that mutual card, I ended up with two of the big cards.
0: 53 tops, Jackie Robinson and SGC1.
1: So right. this uh, there's some paper loss right here and up in the other corner. It looked like it was taped crosswise on those corners, but um, luckily it wasn't across the, the border, the black border at all. So I think it almost can't even, it almost blends in with the white. Um, so, yeah, that was, it was a very good show for my pickups for the 53 set. And like I said, it, I think it was just very fitting how big of an experience the national was just to save up the money and be able to go and find some of these cards. And then ultimately the people um, I was able to meet um, friendships I've, um pick the friends i made since then and just it was just the perfect the two cards together and everything just i had to show them together just because i I think i really completed the story and just made pretty much summed up how how great the first national i've
0: ever at was (laughs) absolutely love that look at that wow well that's a perfect segue into the three you sent me on your want list um actually the the first the first one, this, this is cool because this is a pretty recent pickup for me, and I had huh. I have not shown it, have not talked about it. Um, but this was number one on your want list. so I figured this is a perfect time for me to show uh, the card that I recently picked up. and pull this up here. I'm jealous already. <laughs> <laughs> but 53 mantle. this is a PSA2. That's awesome. Congrats. Mickey Mantle, uh, man, a card that I slept on for a long time as, you know, a Mickey Mantle collector. I, you know, I, I, don't think I've ever fully really appreciated this card until probably until getting on YouTube because, um, you know, you get focused on other cards and, you know, I always loved the 53 Bowman. So I always told myself like, Oh, that will be the one I'll get from 53 on Mantle. Um, but then like, you know, seeing people's videos and uh, there's been a few channels that I watched that have recently picked up 53 mantles and as they talk about it, and this is, this is kind of embarrassing, but, uh, probably, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not till I got on YouTube again, I never realized that this was a close-up image from the 51 Bowman. (laughs) I, I have no idea why I never knew that, but you know. 51 Bowman mantles, one of my favorite cards ever. And I never really, it never really hit home that this is the same, I guess, image, but just zoomed in essentially from the 53 tops. So yeah, I figured that would be a good time for me to, to show that one. But yeah, great pickup. I recently got there and and that, so that was number one. I'll let you talk about that card, but that was number one on your want list that you sent me. Yeah, it
1: took me a while to realize that, too. I didn't initially realize that. And then as soon as you did, like you said, it's like a slap in the face. Like, like how did, how I did, did I not play? see that before? <laughs> but that's awesome. Congrats on that, man. I'm, I said I was jealous, but I immediately was going to say I'm also very happy for you because that's great. That's Thank amazing. you. Thank but, you. Yeah. Uh, that was a big one to get. But, yeah, that's going to be that's the number one eventual. That's probably unless I get lucky again or find find something um, at a really Great deal for some. That's probably going to be the last card. Like I said, I'm down to. um I didn't want to just show all my wants to be just, uh, but I still need the Satchel page yet too. But I need those two, and then like I said, the Warren Spawn, which is not going to be a hard Hall of Famer to get. But um and then after that, it's like 22 high number of cards, and that's it. It's a long ways off, yeah, probably, but it's still closer than a lot closer than I ever thought I'd get, and that's. Definitely, as a whole, that's that's my number one in my my collection as a whole is that the fifty three tops set and the progress I made so far. So that'll yeah. be that's it'll probably be a year or two of maybe completely saving up again and not buying much, but it'll be worth it in the end,
0: and I gotta say it is a card that the more you look at it, the more you love it, like just you know looking at the Yankees logo and it's it's just such a beautiful card that like I'm like, man, I kind of slept on this as far as appreciating it. Um, but yeah, really loved having this one. So, uh, let me, let me pull up card ladder because I want to show an image of number two. Let's see this here. Um, so what we have here, number two on your list, Stan, this is a, um, 1953 Bowman color Stan Musial. And this is one that, um, you know, PSA five that sold pretty recently. Um, 348 bucks from heritage auctions. So this is a, uh, this is a great card. This is a great card. Tell me why you, I know you're make you're trying to make the usual run. So, but why do you love this card so much?
1: Um. Yeah, this is one I was either deciding between this or the 48 Bowman. Those are, well, I I also need like the, the leaf and the 49 Bowman, but those are the two big ones I want for sure yet. Um. But I, I wanted to, this and my third one, I thought were more reasonable cards that I'll be able to to pick up, and without taking too much away from what I can um, pick up for the fifty three set. But this is one I I should own by now. Like like I said, Stan Musial being my favorite, I don't know why I don't own it yet. I just um, anytime I see it, that it's like easy to buy which i mean i know there's ebay it's it doesn't get much easier to buy that but anytime i've seen one in person there'd be like a crease right across um like right across the middle like it's his face is in the perfect spot where any rubber band wear pretty much one right across the middle of his face so um most things like i said i i collect very low grade and i'm fine with almost everything the creases across the face are the one thing i i somewhat am not um that turned me off a little bit but um yeah this is just one that i like i said as a mutual collector i i should own this car already and it's just one of the glaring holes in my mutual collection i i think i definitely have so that's why i have it on here
0: yeah i mean it's just well a great set but also just a great yeah great photo of, of stan the man there smiling classic card but yeah pretty affordable too like you said i mean if and if you try to pick up one raw you know um You could get, I would assume, probably get one for, I don't know what, maybe 150 bucks, something like that, 200 bucks, maybe. You get a, yeah, it's definitely
1: affordable. Like they're probably even less than that. I mean, I I would say, in either low grade condition or graded a one, I mean, probably less than 150. Like I said, it's a very, it's a card I definitely should own by now. Just for they're not that, I, but I guess I've always prioritized other things because I always think oh it'll it'll be there, but I probably should get it before it uh takes any kind of jump at all
0: (laughs) all right let me pull up the last one here on your want list number three 1955 pops hank aaron love it um let me see what we got here this one put up a nice uh sgc4 that recently sold uh, pwcc this um there we go this is a nice image so yeah what a what a card what do you have to say about this baby so, yeah, this card for me, um,
1: like I said, I I never thought I'd um, be able to own a third-year maze card, um, but that's definitely the farthest back I'll be able to go with that probably. And um, eventually I'm going to have to get the mantle, so, you know, third-year mantle card. But I, I know I'm probably never going to be able to pick up a Hank Aaron rookie, but, I mean, I figured second year and – it's a pretty nice card <laughs> or a very nice card so yeah i would definitely be happy with this as a um I, I don't necessarily i'm not purposely trying to pick up all like you know a card of every hall of famer but i like having a representation of everybody and i have so i didn't mention earlier like when i went from just initially trying to build stan Musial runs the stan Musial run um my first Um, After that, I started building the 1960 top set, and that's the only set I've completed so far. Um, So between that, I mean, having the whole set, you have a pretty big representation of everybody from that period. And then with all the cards I have from the 53 set, um, and then a a lot I've picked up in between, I have a pretty good representation of people, but um, I don't have that many Hank Aaron. I have the 60 Hank Aaron, and I think I have the 59 All-Star, but... I just think this would ultimately be the big Hank Aaron card in my collection, not being able to afford the rookie. so
0: Yeah, I mean, this might be a bit of a hot take. No offense to anyone. Look, the Hank Aaron rookie card is an incredible card. It's an all-time card. But you know what? If I'm looking at this card, I got to say, I think I like, just from a, a looks perspective, I think I like this card better than even his rookie card, from, from a looks perspective. Um, this This thing is just... I love it man. I love the everything about this card. This might be as I look more as I look more at it. This might be like my favorite Hank Aaron card. Uh now that I'm like I don't know, mm-hmm. just maybe that copy is just really striking me but I love this card. <laughs> I think no, I definitely it. agree with
1: you. And I mean, it's the same headshot, but I just between the two sets in general, um I just like the layout better of of 55 to 54 yeah. I and think that's the, what it is yeah the colors just pop more to me too so yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you
0: <laughs> yeah man great choices awesome um, well let me uh, let me ask you I you've been you've been mentioned when I do this part here where I ask you know whoever I have on to to mention another channel or two um, you have come up a lot of times so you have you haven't been on YouTube too long but you've made a lot of friends and made a lot of connections <laughs> People love you and your channel. So um, if you if you got a channel or two that you want to throw out, give a mention to, I would love to hear it. And I'll see if they want to do a three and three down the road sometime.
1: Yeah. Well, first I just want to say, yeah, that's, I mean, I went into the national, I mean, I wanted to build those friendships and relationships and stuff like that. Um, which maybe at first was secondary to the cards, but it became primary then. And that's been the greatest part of all this is, I, I say to a lot of people i don't i don't even really watch tv anymore i basically just watch as much um as much youtube videos as possible and oh. it's really almost like a job to
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um try and keep up with oh, yeah. it and comment because yeah. whenever i comment i like to actually um before last before um last episode i would have 100 the first person i would have mentioned was shane because i think we're very similar um I think I met him right before I started. I think I started commenting on his videos right before I started my channel. Um, But I just think we're very similar in that. Um, There's some people I haven't... I I know they've watched my channel and I tried to watch theirs right away. And I do eventually, but sometimes it takes me a little bit just because I, 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 I have to almost find the time to be able to do all of it. But like we both said to each other before, like we don't want to watch stuff just to watch it and have on like in the background, really. Like I want to pay attention and I want to be able to leave a comment back and forth. So I feel like, like I said, Shane would have been my number one to say, just because I feel like um, he's one of the greatest friendships I've made so far in this community. And that back and forth, I think of just watching and commenting, we're just very similar in, but um, yeah, so it's because that's become the, like I said, it's, just these relationships have been so great to make and like it's only been nine months, but I just, the friends and stuff I've made, I just, I would have never thought it would have came to this, but um, I think he was mentioned and I think Shane might have mentioned him. but one of the great ones I would uh, another friend I made and a great one I'd like to see is Sammy from SFI sports cards.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think he might've just been mentioned or maybe mentioned more than once, but I think he would be great. Yep. And another one is uh, Scott. And he goes by Stuks cards and curiosities. Um, okay. He has th- the two of them together. Just their knowledge of players and then of the cards. Um, I think you would hear some great stories and see some great cards from both of them. So those awesome. would be the two I would bring up.
0: Thank you. Uh, you know, it is funny you <laughs> what you just mentioned. It. I, I'm smiling because I. You know, we all we all all only have a certain amount of time in a given day to you know, listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos. And it's funny. I, I was thinking about this the other day, like podcasts that I used to listen to years back, like, you know, the Bill Simmons podcast or Joe Rogan podcast, like stuff like that. Now I find myself, you know, you, you have a choice, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm on this car ride for 30 minutes. What am I going to listen to? Uh, whereas I'm like making a trade of like, I'm saying All right, I could listen to this Bill Simmons. It's a new episode there. We, you know, talking about whatever basketball or, uh, or I could watch like you know Shane Shoebox Legends video or or your video uh, or or Dylan's video. And I'm find myself making the choice to to watch sports card YouTube videos. I just I don't know. There's something about it. Like I enjoy them more than the stuff I used to watch or listen to, uh, which probably get millions of views and downloads, but. I'd rather watch a video that maybe gets a hundred or 200, 300 views. Um, so it's just funny how how that your viewing habits over time change based on what you what you get into. So I'm the same way. Like I, I find uh, I want to watch videos that uh, I'm interested in, and I like to support the channels that support me uh, because generally I'm interested in those anyway. Uh, but yeah, you you do you're faced with choices on what what am I going to spend my uh, whatever hour on this day or half hour. Some people only might have twenty minutes, ten minutes a day. So it's it's tough because you can't watch and listen to everything. So, um, yeah, keep keep up the great videos, Joe. I mean, I I love your channel, guys. Uh, If you don't subscribe to Four Soft Corners, I I should ask you that real quick. Did <laughs> did that just pop up like, hey, four, four Soft Corners, or was that like, is that a uh like a play on Four Sharp Corners? I'm guessing, oh, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So it um as I was thinking about it, like, as I, like I said, it was months or probably at least months that are longer that I, I wanted to start making videos. I just, uh, Shane mentioned in his video, like we're both naturally just kind of introverts. So that's kind of the way I, I, I am. And, um, it just took me a while to, I mean, even why I didn't comment at first, but then even to put myself out there on video and it just took me a while to get to that point. Um, like I said, the national, And wanting to meet people then um, and want them, you know, to put a face with a name and everything, that's what eventually led me to making it. But for probably months, maybe a year before, like I had in my head what I wanted to do, once I started collecting vintage the way I did, I wanted to show people that you could buy cards, you know, raw or that were in beat up shape or had condition issues and they still had great eye appeal. So it was maybe a couple months before I made my first video. It just popped in my head one day. I was trying to think of a channel name because before that um, I had a different channel. My channel name was Old Painless, which is a reference from the Predator movie. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> that, that used to be my channel name. And I'm like, well, this has nothing to do with cards and nobody's going <laughs> to relate it to cards in any way. So when I when I was thinking, I'm like, well, first thing I have to do is I have to change my name and it just. I don't know. I was just thinking of it the one day and I thought of four shop corners and I thought to base my channel around like low grade vintage cards, I think it would just be perfect. It just popped in my head and I had it months before I made my first video, but it, um, it, I don't know. I, I had the idea there. It's just, it took to finally getting to do it, but yeah, it just popped in my head. <laughs>
0: Beautiful name. Uh, I'm all, I'm down with the four soft corners, man. That's that's what I look for now in vintage. I, I want this is like a perfect example right good centering good image beat up corners you know uh and and that's why it has the two but i love it you know for me that i just i don't know sharp corners on vintage they don't it's not it doesn't uh move the needle for me Uh, i know everyone's different some people that's what they like but yeah man i'm with you on this and you can save some money with those soft corners so i'm all about it
1: (laughs) yeah it took like the first i don't know maybe Five or ten episodes I made too. I had to, I I, I might have had to stop the recording one time because I think I said four sharp corners. I'm like, I don't want to oh, get yeah. sued at all or anything. So, yeah, right. but like it took a little bit just till that got in my head to because I mean that's what people hear most of the time or say most of the time. So it, it took me a little while just to make sure I said it the right way. But yeah, for two that card is, um, I, corners I think are the the biggest thing that can be, um have some issue with and still lend a great eye appeal on the card i mean if it's crease free or doesn't have you know any surface issues it's you don't even you're zero in i mean the picture and color and everything is usually in the the middle of the card so you don't even most times i was trying even some things like beforehand i was trying to make sure the lighting was right and my jackie robinson there there's a big crease right down the middle of it besides the paper loss but i couldn't even it took me, I, I couldn't even get it to show in the light. Like it was that. So unless you put it right up to your face at arm's length, all these cards just look really great to me. And that's why, I mean, I, I think I'm slowly starting to get, uh, uh, Matt from the card story. I'll, I'll pronounce it that way to, for Tyrus, but, uh, <laughs> he, like, I think I'm slowly getting him off the, uh, getting him to, to know that cards can, you know, still look great and lower grades or, um, and then, like I said, ultimately, it's just you're reaping the benefits because you're just you have more money for more cards. Then.
0: And by the way, I've bought a lot of cards from Four Sharp Corners, so uh, <laughs> big customer there. So I, I like their website, but I love the channel name Four Soft Corners, man. Thank Joe, you. <laughs> thanks again for doing this. Thanks for coming on. Uh, are you are you going plan on going to this year's national? You might have said that. I can't. No, remember.
1: I did not say. Uh, definitely not this year. I don't think. Like I said, it took a lot of. Um, it took a lot of saving up and planning and stuff to get to that. Um, And just the, I mean, Atlantic city was like a three hour drive from me. So I know most people didn't really care for the, you know, just the atmosphere of Atlantic city. But I mean, for me, it's the best. So I don't know if it's going to come back there, but we'll see, maybe next year I'll be in Cleveland. So I I would probably still be able to drive there reasonably. I think it's about five or six hours. So um, we'll see Till maybe hopefully, something can be in the works for that but definitely not this year but um i I, that's one of my biggest things every year i I love watching the national videos and um it's i'll I'll definitely be there in spirit by watching everybody's
0: videos (laughs) well i I hope to meet you in person somewhere down the road Uh, until then we'll keep in touch i'll keep watching your videos and i appreciate all the support that you've given my channel and um you know always leaving great comments so i can't thank you enough on that guys if you like these collector videos, show the support, you know, share the videos, subscribe to Force Off Corners, um, hit the like button and uh we'll keep pumping them out. And uh I love doing these cuz I get to to meet new people and talk to somebody like Joe that I've never talked to before. And uh man, I had a lot of fun. So, guys, thanks for watching this. And uh thanks Joe, any last words?
1: Yeah, I just want to say um thank thank you for having me. I I I love watching these and I love the knowledge and just the channels you'll you learn from watching these and like I said, uh if we want to we can do my outro to to take this out
0: let's do it man you want you want to start you want me to start
1: uh i'll start okay thank you everyone for watching and just remember any card can be a great looking card even if it has four soft corners
0: thank See you. you guys